0: Hello folks, this is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and this is Make Good Mondays, episode 8 of Make Good Monday here in season 2 of the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast. So generally on Make Good Mondays, what I do is I quote-unquote make good. I usually take my picks from the prior week's games, and I go over Turf Talk Thursday's uh, outlooks. Basically, I judge how I did with the betting aspect of it, because, you know, if I'm telling you to put your money down or at least give me your suggestions uh, more than telling you what to do, uh, I need to make good on it. And just usually give an overview of how my uh, keys to victory kind of worked out and what I saw in the game. Now, this specific week, because you know, I haven't put out a show every week. I got a lot of them on the slate because I want to do different things and at least have it dedicated. So you, the listener, know what you're listening to before you jump into it. If you come looking for some football commentary And you don't play fantasy football. You probably don't want to listen to fantasy football Fridays. You know, that's what I'm saying. Um, And I try to stick to each of the properties. So for this week, episode eight, I'm going to be going over the week 14 slate of games that's already occurred. Now, this is being recorded on Monday, December 12th. So the Monday night game has not occurred. I'm going to be watching that a little bit later. That's the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, hosting the New England Patriots. But I want to talk about the rest of the games that were on the week 14 slate. This was not as busy of a week as it could have been. We had six teams, I believe, on a bye this week. So um, a shorter slate of games, especially since we also had Thanksgiving where everyone was playing. And for those of you all who are new to me as an entity or to the show in general, first off, welcome. Secondly, uh, best place to follow me is on Twitter. My handle is at CJFlorida9. It's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out in the number nine. And I want to jump into a topic first before I jump into the week 14 slate. And that's a game played in week 13. On December 5th, Monday Night Football, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the New Orleans Saints. And I was lucky enough to be in the house. Shout out to Jared Waite and Jet ICU uh, for giving me the, the, the chance to be in that suite. And it was a good time for me for about 57 minutes uh, of the game. Although I will say this, and this is why I want to address it. It's an old game, but I want to address it because I want Saints fans and just people in general to understand my mindset on what was going on. Was I internally rooting for my team? You bet your ass I was internally rooting for my team. I am a fan, but I am so frustrated with them that sometimes you have to be realistically angry and do things that go along with it so what does that mean i love my team still have season tickets go to as many games as feasibly possible but this year has been garbage it's been garbage and a microcosm of how garbage it's been all of the mistakes that happened in that game you watched a team and people laughed at me when i did yes i did have them going to the super bowl my preseason pick people thought i was being a homer but no i mean it I wasn't trying to be a homer. I was trying to use football logic, by the way, go check Fox and ESPN and other properties. Other people had them going to the Super Bowl, So, so whatever. All right, so I'll start there. You watched consistent mistakes being made by a team that just looked like it's in shambles of management. It's not managed by a person who knows what he's doing in that role. And as Allen has done a great job as a defense coordinator in the past. He's not ready to be a head coach, and maybe he's just not a good head coach. Period. But he's not this year, and in the past he hasn't been. I'm not gonna land base the guy from the past, or you know, I will treat it on its face. This was a good enough team to be in the playoffs. And going into that Monday night game, I said this to Bucks fans and people alike: the winner of that game is going to win the division and go to the playoffs. I hope that the Bucks win. Now, I meant that from the perspective that I didn't want to suffer through my Saints going and playing a home game, me being forced by myself to buy a home game ticket to watch us play the Dallas Cowboys or at the time, like, let's say, San Francisco and getting boat raced at home. I didn't want to watch that. But while I'm sitting there, it still felt good to roof my team. And I wasn't out of pocket, you know, I sat there pretty quietly, you know, popped my fist, did what I needed to do, but I was very happy. And then I watched some of the things happen and I just watched what I saw. And I'll break this down much more during the off season or at least like later once the regular season's done about the Saints, but basically I just wanted to say this. I wasn't rooting against the Saints from the perspective that they're not my team. Again, I'm not giving up my season tickets. I would've bought a playoff ticket if they would've made the playoffs. Flew my happy tail to New Orleans to watch us lose by 31. But it's just watching guys that deserve better than what they've been given. Kind of just be kicked in the teeth by... Well, for all intents and purposes, was it just a horrible choice uh, to lead this team. Um, I thought that things would kind of stay in line. And I watched a lot of stuff happen that, honestly was it wasn't good I'll I'll be nice and say it wasn't good and as much crap as I've given Andy Dalton this year it was less to do with Andy Dalton and more to do with management and to some extent the fan base because Andy Dalton just went out there and tried he had some good games he had some awful games he had some great moments he had some atrocious moments Andy Dalton is a high-end backup, and you had a guy who is a low-end starter that you just didn't want to play And to be honest. I think it's fireable, not because you didn't play Jameis Winston, but it's fireable because at no point did you look like a competent person in your role. And in high-level jobs, CEOs, you are not long for it. So you'll get your low payout, but you got to go away, man. Dennis Allen, you have to go away. And I mean immediately all right let me go ahead and jump into the week 14 slate of games and i'm gonna start off with that thursday night game speaking of making a comeback with three minutes left in the game down by 13 points good hey raiders yo you know how i just talked about in this tangential to the organization because dennis allen was a horrendously bad all-time terrible head coach when he was with the raiders Bereft of talent in some respects, but also just looked incompetent, and that still continues. But you picked another dude who, for some reason, I have no clue what the hell's wrong with Josh McDaniels. We've talked about this. Josh McDaniels knows football. That's true. I don't think he knows people well. That's come out in points in this year. And apparently he forgot how football works in the second half of this game. That's seven passing yards in the second half of this game. I didn't even realize that. But when I was looking at it, I was like, It was weird that they weren't trying to move the ball down the field because as bad as Jalen Ramsey was getting abused, it wasn't because he wasn't playing good corner. He was in position, he was in phase. That dude, Devontae Adams was just stupid good. Dude caught the ball one hand with his eyes being covered. And you stopped throwing at him. There was one attempt that I remember and it sailed out of bounds. Derek Carr, but they kept throwing him on go routes. Instead, I'm like, throw that man a slant. Get him a screen. Get the ball in his hands and let him work. You can't tell me the best route runner in the NFL, and yes, I know you're going to chop me up for Justin Jefferson or for Stephon Diggs. You know what? Upper echelon route runners, too, but guess what? Tay Adams look a little different sometimes when he does it. Those dudes also look different, too, but Tay Adams is just a little tick better than both of them. Um, so that was pretty horrifying to watch. And I will say this. I'm not going to sit here and say good for Baker Mayfield because I don't personally feel like that. Here's what I will say. Respect. I respect that you went out there and got the job done. I don't personally like what Baker Mayfield is presenting himself as and I'm not going to give him passes like some people have where they're like, people put him in a bad position. Yeah, in the bad position of being six damn feet tall on a good day and going number one overall... And having weapons upon weapons upon weapons? And then getting another chance? And looking like a high schooler? And getting beat out by PJ Walker? No. I'm not going to say good for you, Baker Mayfield. I'll say I respect the fact that you went out there and did your damn job. And I've said this the whole time. I'm not going to say never, because maybe I have said this before. But nine times out of ten, I've said Baker Mayfield can play quarterback. And he's a good quarterback. I don't like on the field as far as being able to throw the ball I don't think he was a good leader of men because he didn't present himself as a leader of men he lacked accountability and he lacked respect for the situation and he was arrogant unnecessarily if he matures and is better I like redemption stories I'm a redemption story there's a bunch of us out there that's when I'll say good for you Baker Mayfield for that one game respect what you did out there showing up, didn't know many plays and you went and led your team down the field I'm not going to say good for you because honestly if you had actually done your damn job you wouldn't be in this position and the Raiders, just figure that out I I know Mark Mark Davis let someone else hire the next head coach because you apparently have a type and it's guys who come off with the same type of Baker Mayfield arrogance that's all I'll say all right, we're going to move on to the Sunday Slated Games so I can talk about games where I don't dislike people who are in them. Um, so we're going to start off with a game with actually two likable quarterbacks. <laughs> and that's the Jets playing against the Bills. Um, I didn't get to see much of this game. I watched the end of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mike White's a likable guy. And Mike White got peppered in the ribs. Good goodness, that boy was getting... Matt Milano... Tried to end that man's career. And not in like a dirty way. He just said, them ribs are open. So, (laughs) Matt Milano came through. Here's what I saw. I've said this so many times that I'm blue in the face and I have no clue. Maybe, I know Ken Dorsey doesn't listen to me. Brian Dable, you might not care. But if y'all actually give a shit about Josh Allen, stop treating him like he's the goddamn football God of like the new Cam Newton. Stop doing this to him. Put something different in. And I heard Rex Ryan say this earlier on Get Up, where he's like, they don't help out Josh Allen. And some people think that's laughable. I think he's accurate. There's certain people in this damn NFL where these dudes are lacking. These guys in their positions, offensive coordinators, head coaches, position coaches, you're lacking. And you're actually crapping on these young men. And it's freaking frustrating. Josh Allen's one of them. Lamar Jackson's another one of them. Stop treating these dudes like they just need to save the day because you're mediocre at your job. Get better. You got a superhero on your team. Help them out. More innovative schemes. Hey, guess what's cool? Yes, the, 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 the Chiefs screw up sometimes because they do all sorts of wacky stuff, but at least they try to do stuff. Hell. Look at the Bengals. Run a damn ball. Seriously, you got 19 running backs on your team and you don't run the ball. Now, I don't think any of the running backs on your team are long for running the ball. You all have made some interesting choices. But help that dude out. Jeez, it's frustrating to watch because I actually like Josh Allen now. I didn't like his tape when he was coming out. I bagged on him early in his career. But I like a dude who busts his ass to get in in shape. And Josh Allen is a good damn quarterback now. Um, On the other side, Mike White, He's not going to be the starter next year. He might not even be the starter for the rest of this year. But, Zach Wilson, if you're listening, that's how you actually play quarterback. That dude has 65% of the talent of you and looks 65 times better. Insanity. So, all I saw was two teams that honestly, if they meet a third time, toss the coin. And Bills don't want to hear that they think I'm being a hater. No, toss the coin. That is a... Toss the coin. (laughs) Unless they get Josh Allen some schematic help, toss the coin. Because that one, they do not want to see that matchup. There's two matchups they don't want to see in that first round that will just frustrate them. This is one, and the other one is the doggone Chargers. I said that when the season started. All right, moving on to another divisional matchup. This is the Cleveland Browns playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. This one was pretty simple. One team is decent. The other team is really good, period. Even with all the injuries, Joe Burrow proved something. And hey, I'm
1: going to get a lot of hate from
0: everyone because you know what? Honestly, I don't do this to impress anyone. I have people who will say that I'm, I'll put it like this. There's going to be people who would disagree with me on both sides of the yard. You can figure out what size of the yard I'm talking about here. I think Joe Burrow is the number two quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is the only guy who's better. You're not going to agree with me. Honestly, I don't care. And it's not because I don't respect your opinion. It's people try so hard to prove their narrative when a dude is showing you that they're a freaking baller. This dude shows the hell up whenever you need him. And I don't care about this whole, we're trying to push one quarterback and try to push another one. Man, this dude shows up. And one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL doesn't always show up. That's Lamar Jackson. And one of the NFL's favorite sons that I just talked about doesn't always show up, and that's Josh Allen. And another dude who, certain people on the internet, you would swear that they're in their family, in this dude's family. It's not close. Joe Burrow is way better than Justin Herbert. Tell me what, hey, hey, argue with your auntie. When it comes to playing quarterback, you need a person like Joe Burrow unless you have an alien like Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow is the standard of a quarterback for normal humans. Patrick Mahomes is like a Jordan. He's not a real person. You can try to be like him, and guess what? You're gonna lose. There's nothing you can do. So I'm getting off my, my my high horse on that one um, because it's just frustrating. People are always trying to push different narratives for their own will. And I'm like, look, I just want to figure out who the hell is better at whatever. I'm not trying to push certain narratives. I will back people, but I'm tired of people having to be so anti-someone because people bag on certain people. And if y'all don't get what I'm talking about, you're not paying attention. All right. Here's an interesting game that honestly, it was hilarious to watch because I was sitting in, in my house. I did not go out and watch it. I don't have the, or I have the red zone, but I don't have the package anymore, right? I was frustrated, always traveling. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, one game got switched to this game because in a turn of events, this game was actually competitive. And that was a Houston, Texas playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Yo, hilarity. When I watch that game, I'm hoping that the following happens because it'll be maddening if they do what I already have up. There's an 85% chance that Lovey Smith's not going to have his job when his year's over. Because this team reminds me of what they did for David Culley, and then they were like, oh, this is. Difference is Lovey Smith's been in a Super Bowl before, okay? So they have no excuse. Lovey Smith did everything he could as far as a head coach, and his coaching staff. And those guys, they played Jeff Driscoll in option quarterback style. They did all sorts of weird stuff just to try to move the ball and get things going because they're stuck with Davis Mills who, much like Andy Dalton, the dude's trying. He's been a professional. He's just not talented enough to be an NFL starting quarterback. Surprise, I've been telling you all that. His tape didn't speak to it. You know what speaks to him having an opportunity? That dude bust tail and he's actually a damn professional and a grown-up. Some dudes who are way more talented, like the dude in uh, New Jersey, Aren't I meant what I said on Twitter. I'm not joking. I'd rather have Davis Mills as my quarterback than Zach Wilson because at least the people in the locker room might actually respect how they get down. Hey, again, argue with your mama about it. But entertaining, they just couldn't get the job done. I mean, the Texans at the end when things got close, like, I give them kudos and they made the right decision to go for it on fourth down. They did. People are going to get mad at me, but guess what what else would have happened? Kick the field goal yeah they're up by six points not seven six cool better field position the cowboys went by one and everyone's like should have gone for it well you know why they went for it outside of also just telling their offense that they trust them and they want to go for stuff and they want to try also just logically it makes sense we're gonna force you to drive 98 yards which the cowboys did kudos to them Dak prescott showed up after playing like garbage for a couple of quarters That's what quarterbacks do. Show up when you need them. But they did the right thing. Weird play call. You had guys who haven't played a lot. They try to be cute. It's all good. Respect. I'm hoping the Houston, Texas organization actually understands that this is exactly what you want from this season. You are a of talent. You have issues going on all across the, the line. And you had a team that was still fighting against a team that is the Super Bowl favorite going into this weekend, go look it up. They were the odds-on favorite by FPIs and by sports books in Las Vegas, and you almost beat them. So that's the type of coach you want. At least give him a chance with a more talented quarterback, a more talented roster, and see what happens. And Cowboys. Everyone has this stinker game. I, I, I mean. Everyone's, oh my goodness, the Cowboys are trash. No, they're not trash. They're just not as good as the Eagles. Right? We don't have to overreact. Everyone has a stinker game. This was a stinker. They won a game like this. This is what good teams do. This is what championship-level teams do. They win games that they're supposed to win, even when they play like crap. crappy part is they lose uh, steel for the, the right tackle for the season with an ACL and MCL tear. That could affect the chance to win the Super Bowl. All right, we're gonna move on to a game where honestly, this game showed me something. What it showed me is, if anyone ever again pays Kirk Cousins to be that dude, and I know his numbers were good, but, this man threw the ball 975 times to Justin Jefferson. Understandably, he's really good at football. He had, what, 223 receiving? Love having them on my fantasy team, along with Jonathan Taylor on the same team. Shout out to me winning that league. Anyway. Uh, eventually, you get worn down. And I, I, I think they're still undefeated in one-score games, or they get destroyed. And even though the, the, the scoreboard doesn't say it, they got destroyed. They got physically dominated in this game. I did watch pieces of this game. Uh Every time I looked, they were getting pushed around. They're not going to... They have to get lucky with the right matchup. They have to hope the Giants sneak in, and I think they can beat the Giants because they just don't have enough talent to do it. But every other team in the NFC who's in the playoff race, including Detroit, including the Commanders, man, listen. Because the Vikings aren't going to play against anyone from the NFC South, not unless it's in the second round, in, in the Divisional. So good luck to you. You seem like a one-and-done waiting to happen. All right, another divisional matchup. This is a big divisional weekend, by the way. In fact, I think every game was a divisional matchup. I'm not even joking. I've, I'm have I'm looking to see where... Oh, Texas Cowboys. But yeah, virtually every other game has been a divisional matchup. Because now we have the Jaguars and the Titans. And I think sometimes you just run out of stuff. What do I mean by that? You know, the Titans are fueled by the following... I mean, we all know it's a Derrick Henry-centric team. They play gritty, hard-nosed football. But you really have to understand what I'm I'm saying when I say they play gritty, hard-nosed football. They trust that man, Mike Rabel. They go bust tail for him. They play in a style where a lot of teams don't want to play in that style. It's kind of like Utah in college where it's like, hey, man, how about we do this? Let's just go punch each other in the face in the back alley until someone says, please, let's stop punching each other in the face. Then we'll go and have a drink. That's the style of football they want to play. The unfortunate portion was the Jaguars played a fairly decent game in that style, but also have more talent. Surprise. Because this was a 14-7 game, and then the Jaguars realized they have more talent. They have a way better quarterback. They have better skill pieces other than Derrick Henry. Even though that chick... uh, that that tight end dude, oh, out of Maryland. Good goodness, that boy is that boy is beast. But anyway, I mean the Jags should have won that game from a talent standpoint. I figured at home with that roster that they would beat the Jaguars in a close game because that's what the Titans do. But when the Jaguars got rolling, the Titans couldn't keep up. And the Titans understand now. They gotta work with Malik because Tannehill ain't it. And that's not me trying to shade Tannehill. If you think I'm shading someone by saying he's not it, meaning your future, then fine. That's shade to you. Tannehill served his purpose. Tannehill did his job for the years that they asked him to do his job. Came in, he's an effective quarterback because they had an ineffective guy. Super nice, but he was ineffective. Maybe the broken leg affected him and made him lose some of his love for the game. But... He was better than Mariota. Now you're seeing where Tannehill is. He can't ascend past that. He is what he is. Not shade, he is what he is. He is a high-end backup in the future, low-end starter right now. He's like a Jameis Winston, except their ages are pretty different. All right, I'm gonna move on to the next divisional game, which was, um, yikes. Yo, the Eagles are, I like what the Eagles are doing because they're doing the following. The Eagles are putting so much on tape that honestly, you don't know what to do with that offense. I think that's beautiful. We're going to get to a team later that has put very little on tape so you know what to do with them. Okay. The Eagles, each week, they give it to you. Look. Oh, you struggle hitting four seamers? Guess what I'm going to throw at you? Four seamers. Oh, Curveballs get to you. Gotcha. I'm going to hit you with that, that backdoor curb. Ooh, you're going to spin on this slider. Yep. Look at your spin. Ah, I got a knuckleball for no apparent reason in my case. I don't even need it. You see what I'm saying? They've beaten teams in so many different ways where it's like, what the hell do you do? You see, all of the really good teams of the past, like let's go with the 2019 Ravens. They were a one-trick pony because Lamar was that good and they never deviated because again we've talked about my lack of affinity for how Greg Roman manages that system but they're doing work in Philly I mean again we can make fun of that first press conference from Sirianni and company that dude out there dealing and Philly Philly has the perfect coach quarterback combo for Philly I've I've been saying this. You match people up that fit the fan base, and then you give them support. Yo, you're cooking with grease. Jalen Hurts is doing work. Even though I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP, if I had a vote, it it is Jalen Hurts. And you know what I think of Patrick Mahomes. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is riding the ship the entire time. You can say he has a great team around him. Great. You know who he's outplayed? that damn Carson Wentz in 2017 when everyone was rushing to give him the award. And I'm like, he's not playing as well as you think he is. He's playing good football. He's not playing great. Jalen Hurts is playing great football. Different. Okay? This game got so ugly that literally they cut it off. And on the broadcast said, we're gonna bring you to a more competitive game. You know, the Giants are a playoff caliber team in the NFC this year. I don't think they're gonna make it. I think they're gonna be the only team out in that division because I think they're going to lose the Commanders this upcoming week. But they walked the dog on them. At no point in time did this game look like two... You know what this game looked like? This game looked like, and I'm going bag on it. This game looked like Alabama versus South Carolina. I'll be nicer. Mississippi State. Um, hope that uh, things are going okay for uh, Mike Leach, by the way. That's probably why Mississippi State popped in my head, but that's what it looked like. To, 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 sorry. But that's what it looked like to me. Um, it looked like two teams that were in the same division, but they were not in the same class. And they got the dog walked on them. So, Yikes to those who have to play against the Eagles. You better have, you know the teams that can beat the Eagles, and I'm, I'm being dead ass here. After watching all this stuff, there is one team in the entire NFC that has any chance of beating them. They're out on that west coast of San Francisco. There's only two teams that can compete with them, and you're gonna get frustrated. One is Dallas. The other is the Detroit Damn Lions, because of how they play, they can compete with Dallas. I mean, you know, compete with Philly. But the only one that really has a chance to beat them, even though I still pick Philly over, is San Francisco, if we're being honest. And then you gotta have one of them, one of them dudes from the AFC. You gotta have. A dude in Patrick Mahomes, you got to have a dude in Joe Burrow. You have to have a dude in Josh Allen. You have to have a dude in Lamar Jackson with a healthy unit. Otherwise, cancel Christmas. And speaking of Lamar Jackson and health, we're going to move on to the next game. In a close one where all the Ravens did was hold serve, beat a team that they should have beaten in a fashion that they were supposed to beat them with like their ninth-string quarterback. Seriously, if they went with their third-string or fourth-string quarterback, Anthony Brown ended up having to play because Tyler Huntley was in a concussion protocol. Good goodness. But yeah, this was just the type of game that, like, this game showed me the intestinal fortitude of the Ravens. Although, we're going to stick to this. Watching that Ravens defense play sometimes is super frustrating. They don't generate enough pressure on the quarterback. They have to blitz quite a bit, even though they don't want to. Patrick Queen, who is finally playing the role that fits him played pretty well he's not a true middle linebacker sorry folks get mad at me if you want to and shout out to the to the Ravens social media you all are uh blissfully um loyal in a very uh delusional way because patrick queen's not the best linebacker in the nfl he's not the best linebacker on your team and it's not even close you know it is that, that rich homie Kwan. uh yeah but it's frustrating to watch the Ravens defense I feel like Marvin, Marlon Humphrey is out there like what the hell do I have to do in the secondary for us not to give up points they gotta think long and hard about what to do with somebody on that team who uh was a, was a, uh, a stalwart who uh ooh, yikes now yikes yikes Uh, And on the Steelers' side, man, the Steelers is the Steelers. And then Kenny Pickett, honestly, I feel kind of bad for Kenny Pickett. And here's why. Quick one, some people won't agree with me. This guy I feel bad for. Kenny Pickett goes out there and tries. He is a tryhard. And he was a tryhard, that's why I wouldn't have picked him in the first round. Tryhards don't go in the first round, in my opinion. There's way too many really talented players who go. I said I was fine with them taking him at 20, I was fine with it. They didn't move up or anything like that. Waste wasted draft capital. It was an okay pick. But he's a try-hard. Kenny Pickett played so much football. And finally, when he was three to four years older than everyone else. And that's not me trying to shade him. It's the truth. He figured it out. And you know what he's done in the NFL? He's been f- fairly NFL ready. He's just not talented enough to ascend. So you've seen him. Play good football like he did against the Colts. And you see games like this where he ends up getting hurt because he's a tryhard and he'll throw his body into place. That's why I feel bad for him because Kenny Pickett is not going to ascend his Kenny Pickettness. Like he's just talented enough to be a serviceable quarterback, but not talented enough to ascend. Not in the position they took him in because they're going to placate him being a first round pick. See a guy like Mike White who just showed up on my screen. Nah, got to work a little harder, bro. And that's not saying Kenny Pickett won't work harder. I'm just saying that there'll be some people who placate him because they're like, well, he's a first-round pick. Well, not all first-round picks are equal. And I'm sorry for... I do feel bad for Kenny Pickett because he's in a a weird situation. All right, we're going to move on to the next game, which was actually more entertaining than expected. Another divisional matchup. And this was the Chiefs visiting the Broncos... Chiefs were visiting the Broncos, making sure. That's actually a, a game that I watched some of. And, man, listen. You go ahead and get this out of the way. I have say it all the time. People think I'm just being ridiculous. You know, when I was a kid, I was a fence sitter on Michael Jordan. Okay? What does that mean? I did do the want to be like, if I could be like Mike stuff and take it off, tongue out and all that stuff, like on fake goals or if I had like a sock that I was rolled up and on a, you know, a little hoop that I made, that type of thing. My favorite two players back then when I was a kid, first was Magic Johnson and then it was Akeem Olajuwon. Okay. I just didn't, there was something about, even as a kid, Michael Jordan, I did not like but I can see the greatness, and I still see the greatness, right? For me, Patrick Mahomes is you meshing. The, and I, I'll tell you, when I was younger, younger, Akeem Olajuwon was Akeem Olajuwon without the H. And apparently he's a bad boy. He punching the face on the court. Not joking. Go look it up. Dude was ready to tumble all the time. Got into his religious practices. Calm down. So when I was a teen, like pre-teen, that's when they had calmed down some, and that's the guy I saw. For me, Patrick Mahomes is that Michael Jordan talent where you see it and you're like, damn! But he's that level of humble and like seems like he's not as ridiculously athletic, even though apparently back in the day, the was just booming on people, as some of the other guys. Like Patrick Mahomes isn't like a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson, like he's just not. But he does some stuff where you're like, I don't know what the hell that is. Go watch this past week's highlights. You'll see what I'm saying. And the fact that we're not even amazed watching the stuff that he does anymore because it's just expected. That's when greatness has been achieved, folks. Like people are getting excited because and this is not shading Brock Purdy. In fact, I think he I think that offense is so much better with Brock Purdy than it is with Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll get to that in just a second. But, yeah, Brock Purdy kind of shook someone to get in the end zone. Patrick Holmes did a pirouette backflip through the ball between his legs and then hit a dude in the chest. We're like, damn, that's my Holmes. We're my Holmes. Realize when you're watching greatness, because when it goes away, it's not there anymore. It might pop up again, but you have no clue when the hell it will again. We didn't know a LeBron James was going to come after Michael Jordan. Like things that you hadn't seen. We didn't know if Steph Curry was going to come. Things that you hadn't seen. Appreciate what you see with Patrick Mahomes. We could debate whether or not he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But why would we do something that stupid? He just is. And Denver. Damn, that hurt. It hurt to watch that happen because... As much fun as it is to make fun of Russell Wilson and not me personally, because I've made a little fun of him, but not like the way that people. I still don't. It's something it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, and his lack of authenticity, I finally came around to. That's probably why people don't like him. But watching that man do what they tell every quarterback not to do and getting his ass knocked the hell out and having a lump on his head from getting knocked out. He was out on the field. He was asleep with the eyes rolling back that type of knockout. I saw it when it happened and I'm like, oh my. He did that to prove to everyone how much he's putting into this because that dude is not shorting the game. He's got something going on other than, but that man's not trying to short the game and that's why he did the dumb thing because it wasn't four down. He did the dumb thing and uh, didn't slide. A former baseball player was drafted fairly high. Didn't slide because he wanted to prove, I'm going to get in here. And he got hit from behind unexpectedly. His head hit the... He's definitely not playing this upcoming week. And honestly, he might be shut down for the rest of the year. I'm not making a joke here, folks. Because they're not going anywhere. And they paid him all that money. Might as well see if Brett Rippett can do some things. But it was a scary hit. So sucks for Russell Wilson. Wow. Wow. Ugh, speaking of getting shut down, let me talk about Tom Brady real quick. The Buccaneers and I, I, I put this on my personal uh, social media. Thirteen nothing didn't seem so awful anymore. Bucks fans, you can get mad at me. Y'all aren't good, and you want to know why you're not good? Do you want to know the difference between the Saints and the Bucks? And this is a good stat, and I, I I used to look at this all the time, but I get reminded of it by I'll say it, but Monty Jones reminds me of it. A better judge after you've gone through at least half the season of how good a team is in the nfl it's not their record it's their point differential okay and i think off the top of my head the saints are like minus like 25 and the bucks like minus 23 they're like the same team and the best team i think the eagles have the highest point differential then it's like the bills again top of my head bills cowboys a 49ers and then i think the chiefs are there and i don't remember who's after that i looked at it earlier today Okay. That was horrible because for the first time this season, Tom Brady was the reason that they couldn't compete. Tom Brady looked cooked. It looked like. Maybe you fantasy football people will remember this. Maybe the, the other ones will too. Remember when uh, Manny came in and in 2012 he balled out, but then in 2013. He set, like, all these records. And they went to the Super Bowl in 2014. Through the first 12 or so weeks of the season. Peyton looked like Payman Manning. In the last four weeks, he looked like someone stole all his powers. And then the next season, he was a bum. He had, like, fifth, uh, 15 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. Or maybe that's flipped. It might be 9 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Something crazy. Um, Tom Brady looked cooked for the first time this year. He hasn't been on. But he is put them in position to win, and they've actually thrived off it. You could see the Bucs players doing stuff late that they didn't do early, like they had confidence. They're cooked, because if Brady is not able to do stuff, the rest of those dudes are super talented. But you know what they look like? This looks like the same exact Bucs team when y'all hated Jameis Winston, except not as good. Now you can say the offensive line, this, that, and the other. True, except James Winston didn't have all those dudes. He he didn't have Tristan Wirfs and all those guys, and I know Tom Brady doesn't right now, but I'm just saying this team looks like the shitty James Winston team that last season. Surprise. Y'all aren't good either. And I don't feel bad because I think that you're in a position that's actually pretty enviable. You have requisite talent. You just need to acquire another player. And by the way, there is a guy who I think would actually fit some of Tampa's stuff, including just being a pretty face to look at for the ladies in Tampa who love to look at pretty faces. If you've never been to Tampa, Florida, I think both men and women, you would enjoy the experience. Just go. Thank me later. They can go pick up a dude like Jimmy Garoppolo or honestly, depending on how the money works out, trade for a dude like Derek Carr. Fresh face, face new place, right? I'm just pulling stuff out of a hat here because Tom Brady's cooked, but the Bucks have a pretty damn good roster. Once people get healthy, Jensen coming back next year, Tristan Wirfs going to come back at the end of the year type deal. They'll be fine. It's just they're cooked. Carolina's winning this division. Unless they crap the bed somewhere along the way, they're going to beat the Bucks head up, and they're going to win a division. And be 7-10 and 10 doing it. And it's going to be horrible to watch. And then somehow, someway, beat the damn Cowboys. It's all ridiculous. And the 49ers, remember how I said we we're going to get to Purdy? Purdy has done, what Purdy has done has been a light version of what they expected from Trey Lance. A guy who is mobile enough to make the defense have to respect it, but able to hit guys when they're open. He's managed the offense, but a tick above game manager. He's also, again, that offense is so much better when you have a guy who is truly mobile. So much stress is put on the defense, and that's when he starts to hit you with the the horizontal stuff, the, 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 the misdirection crap, and you're like, I have no clue what to do here. Has Purdy played well? Yes. Is the story great because he's Mr. Relevant this? Yeah, sure. I like when people get some credit. This is the flash in the pan time. If we're talking about Brock Purdy a month from now, it better be because he's playing better football than he is right now. Not because he's playing bad football, but it's not super impressive. It's impressive to you because you don't expect a seventh rounder to do it. Well, if you properly draft people, because there's been plenty of guys who Purdy was a... For me, Purdy was a fifth to sixth rounder with seventh round, like, that was fine. Like, I was fine with that, it made sense. But there's some dudes who you draft in the first and second round where I'm like, man, that dude should go in the fifth to sixth, and I get crap, and then they play like crap, and then people were like, well, you know, you didn't have the, and then this went with this. Shut up, maybe you just don't know what the hell you're talking about. This is what a dude who played that much football in college looks like when he has a team around him that's good, And he does his job pretty damn well. Kudos to him. Happy for him. Glad that he's getting all these blow-ups and stuff like that. No problem with it. But if the same type of play is going on and it's a month down the road, please quit that. Stop it. But for right now, good for you, young man. Wear it. And he seems like a good dude. Good for you. And honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm a big-ass softy. Seeing his family and his dad being all teary-eyed, man, good for somebody being proud of their fi- their family. Good stuff, I like seeing that stuff. I actually like when it's authentic and not some sort of crafted story that we have to put out of, with pro- poverty porn during a freaking witch call, just like the draft and crap like that. I like the actual authentic in the moment stuff when it happens, that actually is good stuff. All right, moving on to the next game. Speaking of the Panthers, um, Yeah, they went out to Seattle, and they put the work in. Now, they didn't beat the brakes off the Seahawks. And it actually looked like the Seahawks were going to make a comeback. It looked like one of those, oh, we're playing uh, uh, over our skis right now, and eventually we're going to fall. Nah. Panthers said, no, we're a real team. And the way that they're doing it is very Steve Wilkes-like. I like the fact that they're just willing to go do stuff, punch people in the face. It is a version of how they do stuff in Tennessee that's another person who I hope gets a real, actual look at the head coaching job there. Not a, well, you know, we'll give you the interview, but we're really talking to someone else. Because that candidate better be better. That that candidate better be uh, D'Amico Ryans or Raheem Morris or someone who has really done something with something. And for those of you all who forgot, Raheem Morris did a damn good job going 10-6 and 6 back in the day when he was like 33 years old or something like that. 33, 34. And that team was not supposed to win 10 damn games. And he's just been waiting to bide his time. Y'all not caring. This dude's just been there doing the work. So unless you got someone like that, please do not put one of these dudes who has a resume shorter than my left big toe up there and say, well, you know, he was the offensive guru behind, um, you know, uh, Southwest Valley State Tech. Cool. Because it seems like that always happens. And for the Seahawks, they're in an interesting position. I don't even have the schedule in front of me, but you know what? Let me see if I can pull it up. Play the music for a second. And we're back. And I have their schedule. And they're not making the playoffs. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Detroit's going to take their spot because they're going to play San Francisco. And let's say somehow they win that game. Okay. Now they're 8-6. Good for them. They then have to go to Arrowhead, loss, play at home against the Jets, loss, and then end the season with the Rams, win. You're not getting in with that record. No. No, you're not getting in with a 9-8 record this year. What's going to happen is Detroit's going to end up getting in. The Commandos are going to end up getting in because of that tie. And that's how it goes. Surprise. So, sucks for Seattle, but they had a heck of a season And If they don't like Geno, they can draft a quarterback for the future. I've said this, and I stick to it. I think that they should take a guy like uh, Anthony Richardson. If they don't think he's ready, guess what? They got Geno for at least a year. Who, shout out to Geno, I'm glad for you. I am not trying to replace Geno Smith, by the way. I just know how teams think. Because to be candid, while I think Geno Smith is not that dude... There are dudes getting paid who are worse than Geno Smith. Seriously. Geno Smith's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, say what you want to. And that little narrative that I'm tired of hearing about, well, Jimmy just wins. Because he's not Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard. Watch when Brock Purdy just all of a sudden just wins. You know how it feels to be on a team like that where all you have to do is be competent? Yeah. Yeah makes you look really good because again everyone always brings it up and they never mention the other dudes I think I started two games at at quarterback for San Francisco during that stretch when Jimmy was out lost both of them but you get what I'm saying right now right Geno Smith's better than him Geno Smith to me and there's gonna be people who don't agree with me on both sides of the yard I think he's Kirk Cousins if you think Kirk Cousins deserved to get paid why the hell can't Geno have a starting job see what I'm saying that's all I'm saying. And you can say he's better than Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is a C-plus quarterback. Kirk Cousins is not terrible. He's just not that dude. And That's what Geno is to me. And then we're going to go to the last game of the state, slate because, again, Monday night game still up to, to, to be played. And this was a silly game for me to watch, and I actually fell asleep on it because I got bored with it. Uh, This was the Miami Dolphins against the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm going to start with the Dolphins. See what I said earlier about the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni and his staff being different teams each week on offense? I think Mike McDaniels is, I don't want to say likable, because how can I describe it? He is a very non-threatening person who you have nothing against. Mike McDaniels is that personality where like, he is filler in a dream, right? You know that there's people there in your dream, but you don't remember them because they're not distinct. he got called a genius immediately, early in the season. While I think he is an extremely intelligent person who could eventually get that moniker as a genius, I realized that what he was doing is stuff that honestly, and I'm not special here, I used to do on Madden hey put the big dudes to one side of the field to make the defense declare put a fullback and a tight end over there. split you put two real fast guys for no reason to the same side of the field have them be off the line inside so they can't get bumped and also by the way you'll have to move your corner inside and put someone else on the outside and then affect the opposition guess what super smart Because simplicity is the ultimate in sophistication. But why I can't give him genius status is because they've made no adjustments off of that. They really haven't. They kept running the same square ends, same crossers, same stuff they've been running all year. And by the way, I'm going to ask this question because I watched the game. but maybe I didn't pay as much attention to it as I could have. Did, did... Did they run the ball 30 times in the first half? They didn't? Why? Seriously, Satua's been off the last two weeks, and I think there's something going on with him. I think there's probably like a a mild injury or something like that that's affecting him. You have a team that can't stop the run. And part of that is a will to stop the run. Why the hell wouldn't you just run at them with Jeff Wilson Jr. and... Raheem Mostert and Sivan Ahmed. And if you want to change up, sweep with Jalen Waddell or Tyreek Hill. Why were we calling so many square ends? Again, every play was a 15-yard in for no reason. There was no attempt to throw the ball to the outside unless it was a go ball where they were sitting over the top and playing sticky-as-hell man coverage. That was non-genius-like. And again, it's one game. But again, every Dolphins game I've watched, that's their offense. There was nothing innovative, nothing new, no change-ups, no switches, no adjustments, none of it. And the most egregious thing was not running the damn ball, still confused, still confused. And I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I guess the game kind of got close because other side of the coin. Justin Herbert is not just a social media quarterback, though most of what Justin Herbert does is soak it up, TikTok, social media, like reels. He makes some dumb throws. And I've said this, I get it as to why people, I want to say this delicately, let's just say rides with him as hard as they do. I get it. The dude has amazing throws, especially when he'll roll right and he's kind of off balance and he throws a 55-yard pass down the field on the left side and it's in stride. Dude throws an amazing ball. But what did I say about quarterbacks earlier? I said that that does not matter. I want the dude who shows up who's not flappable. The dude who does things late in games. And until I see Justin Herbert really doing that consistently I can't be on the same train I'll give you the hell if you gave me Justin Herbert as a quarterback and I'm a head coach I'm very happy but I'm going to put Justin Herbert in some positions where Justin Herbert is going to be doing some things different than just throwing the ball on check downs again that's not really Justin Herbert's fault to some extent right but you got to play even for everyone And if you're that good, if you're an A-plus level student in math, I'm not going to be a happy parent if you come home with a B-plus or an A. If you are a C-plus student in math and you come home with a B, I know you're busting tail. And this is not to say Justin Herbert's not busting tail. It's just I'm not going to give him a pass that's not given to most quarterbacks. The, well, you got to win or show up late in games. I need to be, like, and I gave him his flowers for that one game where they went for it on two and they won. I want to see more of that. I should want to see them make this playoff push and then get the playoffs. And I want to see him play against Josh Allen. And you're like, oh my goodness, or even Joe Burrow, but really Josh Allen. And here's why. I've seen him play against Patrick Mahomes. I've already seen that, Right. He and Joe Burrow, honestly, I don't think the Chargers come close in that game, but that's just me. I think in dueling against a guy like Josh Allen, where they're both physical freaks that make stupid throws, it's gonna come down to the thing that isn't an issue for Joe Burrow, and for most, also isn't an issue for Patrick Mahomes when it matters for the most part. That last few minutes of the game, when mistakes are critical, Watching that dude who's a gunslinger by design and Josh Allen against a dude who is not by design but might need to be and Justin Herbert, I think that'll be pure gold. So that's what I want to see. You tell me if I'm wrong on that. Maybe you don't want to see it, but honestly, if you don't want to see it, maybe you just don't love football. All right, folks, that is all the games on the week 14 slate. Again, this was episode 8 of. Make Good Mondays on the Chop It Up With CJ podcast, season two of it. If you want to give me a follow on Twitter, my handle is at CJFlorida9. That's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out. And then number nine, feel free to hit me up on there. Uh, DMs are available. Uh, I'm not going to say they're wide open, but they're available. So, yeah, just give me a, give me a shout. If you have any questions, comments, things like that, things you want me to talk about on the show, willing to do it. Um, and then we'll be doing a Weekside Wednesday this week, because I have some topics I want to go over, um, and that's how things are going to go on that front. All right, folks, appreciate you for listening. Enjoyed tonight's game. Hopefully, it's actually entertaining, (laughs) Uh, because last night's game was not, to be candid. Enjoy your Monday. Bye-bye.